Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. I'm Laura Gregg, and I am joined with my co-host, David Partain. How are you, David? Hello, Laura. I am doing well. Looks like we have an exciting show today. I have been waiting, actually, for many weeks to do the show, so I am thrilled that we're recording today. The Flexible Advisor, we seek to invite guests that will provide unique insights and actionable ideas for advisors that want to fine-tune or grow their businesses, all while deepening client relationships. And for all of you people who listen to us regularly, you know that we really believe in the power of creating an unforgettable client experience, the kind of experience where there's never going to be a need to ask for referrals because your clients are so wowed with what you provide them that they want to tell everyone how you help them. And according to the U.S. Census, Rates of divorce have fallen over the past 20 years, which is phenomenal. But unfortunately, rates of divorce of baby boomers age 60 and over have grown at a much higher rate than any other group. And so, of course, at this age, family wealth and assets tend to be much higher and create complexities that may not be there if a divorce takes place earlier. Our guest today, Steph Wagner, has been an advocate for women that find themselves suddenly single, whether it's through divorce or the death of their spouse. Steph is one of our Northern Trust partners, and she is director of Women and Wealth. She leads the firm's advisory practice for women who are facing unexpected transitions, and she oversees our women's initiative, Elevating Women. Over the years, Steph has developed a specialized expertise in utilizing financial strategies and empowering women with the resources they need to become effective stewards of their own wealth. She has worked extensively with women across the country to help them address the financial impact of widowhood, to secure equitable settlements and marriage disillusions, and she has helped them establish a solid foundation for their next chapter. I am so delighted to welcome you today to the Flexible Advisor, Steph. Thank you so much, Laura. It's great to be here and David with you as well. Steph, Laura has talked about you and I've heard your name over the past year. All good things, all good things. But <laughs> I'm not sure that we've met. So welcome to Northern Trust and it is nice to meet you. Well, thank you. Nice to meet you as well. So let's start by getting to know a little bit about you. And I'm curious about your background and how you were drawn into this industry and specifically the women and wealth specialty. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked because uh, my journey is very, very much a part of this new passion and career that I have. Way back when, in my first chapter, I started my career really in investment banking and then found myself in private equity at a very young age. I was in my late 20s, vice president of a Boston-based private equity fund. But I was also, at that time, six months pregnant, mm. and I had almost a two-year-old at home. 
And one day I was asked to get on a Cessna, a very small plane. Let me just add that I already was afraid to fly. (laughs) (laughs) And here I was pregnant with a little one. And I had a husband that traveled over 150 nights a year. And I just knew something had to give. This was not sustainable. And I quit like literally the very next day. Did you make the trip at least and then quit? Or did you just decide I'm not going, I'm, I'm quitting? I would have never left the founder of my fund and someone I I just absolutely adore to this day. I wouldn't have left him high and dry, I promise. But it did, it was a bit of a wake-up call that, you know, this is a very difficult career path for a mother, for a working mother. And frankly, I didn't have a lot of role models. I didn't have folks to talk to, other women to, to, to share my struggles and really talk through it. And frankly, I thought this decision would be a temporary one. I never imagined imagined that for fast forward, you know, 13 years that where I actually was a formally out of the workplace, I never imagined it would last that long. I really always felt like I could always go back, but life happens. Right. And, and while I kept very busy in my life and was doing a lot of fun things, you know, real estate investing, et cetera, I really did stay out of my career for, you know, just a little, a little under 13 years. But also, you know, David, what happened was, is I began to lean out of my financial life because again, life is busy Mm -hmm. and we divide and conquer in our roles in a family. And, you know, frankly, I was really busy with, at the time I had three kids by then. So all of that, I really didn't understand the risk. I obviously had given up my earning power, but I didn't understand the risk of giving up my seat at the table with respect to our financial life at home. Until one day I found myself divorced, a single mom, having to raise these boys 100% on my own. And frankly, my earning power had been dramatically crippled. You know, I had a great resume that was incredibly old. Nobody cared. And it was this wake up call of, I have to start over. And while I have an aptitude in finance, I, I'm, I've really put myself in a pickle. And then when you add the complexities of divorce, the emotional aspect of it, the financial stuff I had, again, given my background, but the emotional aspect, it was so hard to be positive and hopeful. I mean, quite frankly, I wasn't the one that initiated it. So you can imagine the emotional journey was was tremendous. And I realized if I'm struggling with this, to really be optimistic, to feel like I have some structure and, and, and hope and, and a good foundation to build a new life from, what is the average woman who may not have the financial background? What is she going through? And especially if she's got very complex assets and might feel even more overwhelmed. So I became very hyper-focused in using this story, doing something positive with it that was a huge part of my healing, to be frank. And also combining it with my financial aptitude to help people so that this horrible experience could be put to something that could could hopefully change lives in a positive way. And I I created a business. I became a a divorce financial strategist. I had a consulting firm and I worked all throughout the country, even had an international client um, in London. And then if I can, I'll share. I learned that it wasn't just women going through divorce that needed some of this financial advice, help, support, and to be inspired around their financial well-being. It was really all women. 
And so I began working on inspirational events and educational programs that help all types of women. And I'm very happy that about a year and a half ago, and I was so impressed with the work that Northern Trust has been doing and, and just the, the fiduciary culture and the depth of expertise. And I was fortunate enough to come to Northern to really lead this and work with such an incredible team to inspire other women and also focus on those that do become unexpectedly single. So long-winded story, but I hope you can appreciate that the journey most definitely led me to where I am today. Yeah, so how long have you been here? Little, oh gosh, what a what a what a crazy question in 2020, you know, beginning yeah. last year. It's yeah. hard for me to even count the months. It will be 2 years uh, in August. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, if our listeners can't tell and I just met you and I can already tell that you're passionate about what you do. And of course, Laura has shared with me an article in Authority Magazine that featured you as one of the handful of female disruptors that are shaking up our industry. So in regards to that, I'd love to learn more about your role here at Northern Trust. Is the position you hold a new one for the firm? Great question. And until recently, I probably would have said yes. But because of, of Women's History Month, mm. I did a little bit of digging along with some of the team members at Northern. And we actually learned that Northern Trust had a women's department way back in the 1920s. And it was really in response oh, cool. to women, yeah, getting the right to vote, uh, earning the right to vote, mm -hmm. and then leaning in consequently into their financial lives. So they did, like I said, create a women's department and it was led by just a trailblazer. So I suppose you could say she was the first women in wealth, but <laughs> in this century, I think it's safe to say, yes, it, it is a relatively new role. <laughs> okay, so, so that was like a hundred years ago, literally. So. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, some of the things you're doing to put your fingerprints on this? Well, I, I think it's safe to say what I'm trying to do is really formalize the great work we've been doing. You know, and I think I think that's really important to highlight. It's not so much that we're creating something new. We're really doubling down and put a, putting a stake in the ground on it. And, you know, I think we all know that and this is not a new statistic, but there are a lot of stats out there about how the majority of women, again, all types of women, not just those that find themselves unexpectedly single, how they've been really abdicating their investment decisions to their spouses and not really taking a lead. And, and fortunately, the numbers are getting better and better about, about women playing a more active role in the day-to-day, -day, but again, not, not these long-term decisions. So what we're doing here, kind of our approach is about really changing that, providing solutions. And it's really centered around community and it's centered around education. And if we can take the great insights and knowledge that we have at Northern Trust with our experts, you know, and really the Northern Trust Institute is, is where all of that expertise is being harnessed. If we can take it and begin to deliver it to women in a way that is relatable, understandable, really a, you're able to apply it to the life events, the things when women are leaning in for advice, we know that we can help them build what I like to call their great big book of knowledge and help them make more informed decisions and become much more informed and, uh, and involved in their wealth. So, you know, that's, that's really what 
like I said, we're doing in our approach is leveraging what we're already doing, formalizing it and bringing it to women in a way that they can use and apply in their day-to-day life today. I am I'm so excited to um, see where that goes. And, and I know that when I was first introduced to you, Steph, I had just published a, the FlexShares research that David and I worked on, on high net worth primary breadwinners and the different experiences that, that females versus males had with their wealth management team. And so I'm excited to see where you go further with your role. And I would absolutely encourage everybody to check out Northern Trust Investment Institute. It's uh, it's a great resource. And, you know, over the, over the years, unfortunately, I've, I've held a lot of hands of friends of mine along the way through their divorce. And, you know, it just seems like so much of the financial stuff is a, a huge and overwhelming burden to deal with. And and some of those friends, you know, like you said before, they, they didn't have the financial acumen. They were never interested in being involved in, in a lot of the financial decisions along the way. But to deal with all of that and then to deal with the emotional changes in their life status is just so, so difficult. And I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, are there things that advisors can be doing to help their female and male clients be prepared for a major life transition even before it takes place? You know, what, if anything, can we all be thinking about proactively as we're happily married couples that can make things either easier if, unfortunately, an untimely death or unexpected divorce happens? I, I'm so glad you asked, Laura, because, and you said the key word, proactive, right? I think what I'm most hopeful for is that COVID, that one of the one of the silver linings with respect to money and respect to partnerships is that more conversations are being had around the table between spouses. Because it used to be a bit taboo to talk about, right? What if something happens? What if I die? What if well, COVID has opened up dialogue. And so I think anything that an advisor can do to really provide resources and encourage those types of conversations would be tremendously helpful to a family. And you know, to your point, it may not be divorce, it could be death, it could be illness. And I, th- I think one of the key steps, and again, everyone is different. Every, and, and, and sometimes this is also the roles are reversed, the genders reverse, where it is the woman that, that knows how bills are paid, et cetera. And yet the husband may not know. And so it's, again, an open dialogue so that both parties can get informed around what they owe, what they own, but also what they owe, and what it takes to run their household on a, on, a, on a day-to-day or monthly basis. And that goes to my prior point about how are bills being paid. And if you start there, I think couples begin to have dialogue around this. And again, we as advisors support that and offer tools and resources to facilitate those conversations. I think what it does is it creates a much more a safer place to have more conversations. I mean, I think financial matters should be partnership discussions. You know, I talked a little bit about how people divide and conquer. We just do it, you know, couples. It's just part of the evolution of a relationship and life and marriage and family. But what it does is it puts a lot of pressure on one party. And so those conversations and knowing you've got a partnership, I think is key to really a, a successful dynamic around money within a relationship. So, 
you know, hopefully that kind of gives a little bit of clarity. But I, but again, I think leaning in now as an advisor and doing that today on the heels of COVID where conversations are happening is timing is of, is of the essence. But I also want to just share, don't be afraid of, of as an advisor to talk about hypotheticals, you know, to say, what if, does she know or does he know? And to really facilitate dialogue even in advance of them sitting down <laughs> over dinner or whenever those conversations take place. I, I've heard a lot from advisors of, I'm worried about talking about what in, in the event of a divorce. Well, don't personalize it, just share a story. You know, share an example or share an, a story about when, God forbid, someone died, how what happened to their spouse. I've found that everyone wants their spouse to be prepared. And so that if they can put themselves in that situation and say, I don't want that for my loved one. We need to take action. I need to be more transparent. I also want you to be open and ask questions. I think I think we're going to be at a much better place so that we don't have to be so reactive. We can be more proactive and, and, and help our clients be more prepared. I, I love the idea about telling a story because I, I think that that's an easier way. And as you, I just, I learn a lot when people tell me stories and I, I automatically put myself in that story and ooh, what would that be like for me? So great idea there. And, you know, and clearly nobody enters a marriage and expects it to fail, but, you know, unfortunately many marriages do fail and, and many times spouses are surprised by the things that their partners have done that they've been completely unaware of. And, and maybe that's just a product of, as you said, the conquering and dividing, or, or maybe it's something else. I've, I've actually, unfortunately, had some friends that dealt with, you know, not only traditional marital infidelity, but also financial infidelity. And I'm, I'm curious to know how common that is and how advisors can assist their clients if they think that there might be some of that going on in the relationship. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it does happen. It, it certainly happens. And I think it's a, I like how you call it financial infidelity, because I think for, for a long time, there was no name for it. Right. And so now you're hearing that more and more. And I, I think is giving a name to it and, and then breaking it down of what that could mean is important because there are cases of so-called financial infidelity that are malicious, right, where a divorce is inevitable in one person's mind and they do some things that are dishonest. But there's also cases where and, and, and you kind of alluded to it, where it's just this divide and conquer and things are happening that may not seem very fiscally responsible and certainly don't to the person or, or it's not fiscally responsible to the person that is unaware of it. And then suddenly they become aware and they feel this sense of betrayal, but the initial act was never malicious. And that happens a lot with debt, with credit card debt. If I can, you know, just be specific, I've heard and seen, heard and seen a lot of cases where there is a big shock that, yeah, there's a lot of assets, but there is an awful lot of debts and some, you know, are not so good like credit card and they've dug themselves in a hole. And so ways that we can avoid that as advisors, ways that we can help, especially as a divorce is, is, is getting underway is immediately suggest, hey, 
don't just look at the assets. You might want to run a comprehensive credit report and then consider signing up for, you know, a monitoring service so that you get alerted in the event that new debt is acquired and continue to monitor that throughout the divorce process. And frankly, even after I've seen some monkey business happening after the divorce process as well, topic for another conversation. But, you know, with respect to assets, where you definitely tend to see a little bit more, you know, I would say ill will or malicious intent happening around hiding of assets. Two things. When there's a business involved in the marital estate, I would recommend all advisors immediately suggest, and, and most chances are the, the family law attorney that's involved will already have, have or is intending to put an expert uh, a forensic in place. But a forensic accountant is invaluable because they understand businesses in divorce. They've seen an awful lot. And they you can leverage their expertise to for them to be proactive in looking at the traditional ways where money has been either hidden directly or spent that really should have been, you know, was a marital asset or income that was spent. And that all needs to be accounted for. Now, when there isn't a business involved, I still highly recommend a forensic accountant because, again, if it's a shuffling of funds, and I had a case I mentioned overseas where the, the wife was absolutely convinced that income was being kind of navigated through accounts and pushed into an account that she wasn't aware of. Well, the forensic and the financial advisors, you know, we, we traced it. We just said, all right, let's go on a hunt. And we got all the statements together, you know, going back about a year. And, and even then knowing we may have to go back farther and we just follow the money. And we were able to give her comfort that, you know, where we could find it, we didn't find it. And, and I think one other thing I want to stress on both these issues as advisors don't be an alarmist. And I just say that because it's already an emotional time. There's already oftentimes distrust. You know, there's a lot of fear. And so be careful of how, don't put fuel on the fire is my point. You want to investigate it. You want to equip your clients with the right resources, experts to really hunt and look and give them peace of mind. But you also don't want to add fear to it because you could really create a problem for yourself when you present to them or their attorney say, listen, we've looked, it's good. No, it's not because, you know, they are absolutely convinced. So you just want to be careful of how you approach it, but still equip the client and the attorneys and, 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 you know, and offer any ways that you can help to give them some assurance. So, so Steph, I, you know, that sounds like great advice and I, and I would imagine, and, and I guess hope, that, uh, you know, when that research, that forensic audit is done and it's revealed that, you know, there doesn't appear to be those disingenuous actions being taken, that that could really help both parties move forward mm -hmm. and, you know, ha have the possibility to help repair some of the relationship at, at least, you know, especially important if there's children involved or, or whatnot. So, uh, love that advice mm -hmm. and agree, agree, you know, unexpected life transitions are so incredibly difficult. And, you know, I'll, I'll just say that personally, I'm always nervous about saying the wrong thing to people who are struggling 
through emotional change. I want to be supportive. And I just, you know, I, I think and rethink how, you know, what I'm going to say, when I'm going to say it, you know, and as someone who's been through an unexpected transition yourself, and you've helped so many people, including advisors, what advice would you give to advisors in broaching the subject with their clients? Are there some, you know, consider saying this, but absolutely never say that advice that you can provide? Yeah, no, great question. And I think a very important question, I, I would say, number one, do not be afraid to reach out, you know, and, and if they are not ready to receive that gesture, you'll know. But I think it will, it warms any client's heart to know that you care and you care about them in ways far beyond their accounts, right? And so don't be afraid to reach out. That's number one. Whether, you know, whether it's a, a recent widow or someone going through a divorce, just, just offer some emotional support. But also from a financial perspective, I think there's a big don't that I want to stress. And it really is specific to someone going through divorce. I think one of the pitfalls I've seen so often is an advisor trying to offer help in a way that actually could create expectations that cannot be met by the divorce process. And, And what I mean by that is you know, and I'll just give you an example is let me sit, I can help you figure out exactly what you need. Well, the truth is, is they may need, may not be what they're going to be able to get. And so by help, by setting an expectation up front is you need this to maintain your lifestyle or you need this. I, I found it really causes problems, especially with the family law attorneys are saying, you know what, I understand that. I respect that. But I've got a set of laws that is going to dictate what what he or she gets. And and we just want to make sure that we're as helpful to the process as possible and not creating expectations that really cause kind of a fracture in the process. Big, big one. And I would say that the third is understand that every single person going through this type of transition is in a different place. You know, whether the, the loss of a spouse due to death was expected because it was a long term illness or it was a sudden heart attack or something that that no one was prepared for. Or even in the event of divorce, you know, you've got someone in my case, and I've heard an attorney use this word and I kind of have have adopted it because it's a little funny, but in my case, I was certainly the dumpy, right? Like I I didn't want to be, I, I wasn't the one initiating. I was in a very different place than my spouse, right? I was in a state of shock where he had time to process. And I, and I, I bring that up because it's so important that we as advisors, number one, understand that no one is at the same place at the same time, right? And then number two, even whether they are the ones that initiate it or they are the one that, you know, was completely shocked, it's still unexpected. They're still navigating something that they've likely never done before. And so, you know, I guess I highlight that because we automatically assume the one receiving the bad news that didn't didn't initiate it is the one that's so broken and overwhelmed and and they are but also even the one that initiated really didn't know what was going to what this was going to look like and they could be completely overwhelmed and and Laura let me just stress this that women right now are initiating divorce one and a half times more than men wow especially when you think about the boomers and you mentioned the gray divorce and the rise of the gray divorce but i just want to highlight the overwhelming majority of those women are not prepared. They have no idea that their lifestyle is going to, on average, shrink by over 
They haven't thought about that. They don't have a plan for it. So again, I just highlight, don't make assumptions and understand that everyone's in a different place and kind of meet them where they are at and lead with empathy. So Steph, is it, would you suggest that the financial advisor and the attorney representing their client Oh, yes, I, I do. And obviously you want to respect the fact that the attorney, the family law attorney is driving this bus and we're there to support. I think that's really important because oftentimes we as financial advisors might get a little bit confused as to where we can add value, where not. they're driving it. But to be a support to that process, both for them and the client is is really, I think, just just very, very important and can really help the process. Well, Steph, it sounds like your advocacy has helped many people along the way, and it is a good reminder that no matter who we are, we are all in need of a little help along our own journey, and I have needed more help than most, as you can (laughs) ask my wife, but I remember when my mother-in-law passed away, she had been the one doing all the bills in the house and by check, and so it kind of felt to me to do that because number one, we live next door. And number two, it was assumed because I was in the industry Uh and I learned that quickly I needed to make a lot of these, these bills just automatic pay. And so it's, it's, it was a real eye opener for me to go through that, that he as a physician was not in the position, you know, his wife ran the, ran the house and ran the books. And so he was not prepared for it, even though it was a long battle with cancer. So that was one of the incidents for me that opened my eyes to this. And I'm wondering if you've had some mentors that helped you out and can you share a story about how they made an impact on you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And in a little bit different way, because I really was on a mission, you know, and as I mentioned, from a financial perspective, I really leaned into my financial background. And and frankly, as I was really emotionally struggling, which is where I needed the most support, mm-hmm. the financial part of it, given given my background, was, was, was my anchor. You know, that really is what gave me that confidence and where I, where I knew I could really build some stability. So really my mentor or, or one of the women that has made the biggest impact and to this day still does is a, a woman by the name of Leslie Bennett, who's very, very accomplished. She is a, a award-winning journalist, a best-selling author, and has so many unbelievable accomplishments in the in the journalism world. She's quite famous, but that's not what was so unique and what was so critical for me. What was, was we had a shared passion for the economic empowerment of women. And really to my earlier point, when we were talking about financial infidelity, she had witnessed a lot and she had seen a lot through friends and even a little bit, you know, through her life journey. And so she became laser laser focused on the importance of economic empowerment from that perspective. Mm. My perspective was a little bit different, but where we were meeting on trying to be agents of agents of change and to really create an impact and, and focused on our mission is where she, you know, quite frankly, has been this steady voice inside my head. And she said it over and over and over again as Steph, don't ever stop telling your story. You don't, don't ever, ever underestimate the work that you're doing, the work that is needed. Where Leslie was out writing about it and building awareness, she was this, the biggest moment for me was when she said, Steph, you've lived it. And not only have you lived it, but you know how to fix it. And, and so 
you can't give up. And I needed that as I had my business, as I thought, this is such a crazy dream of how I'm going to try to monetize this, like this passion and, and turn it into a viable business and build a career around it. And so that voice, I got to tell you, has been the biggest gift. And I will let you know today, she is like family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I'm just so grateful and believe that everything happens for a reason and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, and, but without her words, I, I, it would have been much more challenging. Well, unfortunately, our time is coming to a close, but we like to ask our guests to leave our listeners with some actionable takeaways. And I'm wondering if you would share some helpful advice that you've learned along the way that our advisors might share with their transitioning clients. Yes, no, absolutely. I think a key, a key piece of advice is meet them where they're at understand, take the time to understand their pain points. You're the financial expert. So it's very likely that you know what they need even more than what they know that they need. But this is the big piece of advice. It doesn't matter. What matters most is what they need, what's keeping them up at night. And start with that. Start to solve those issues. And then you can tackle the other ones because they may not have even thought about what you're worried about. And you're only going to overwhelm them more. And that really brings me to a second big piece of advice is that this is undoubtedly one of the biggest times of just chaos for these folks. Everything feels out of order, overwhelming, you know, unmanageable. So anything that you can do to put structure around the situation for them, even if it's Hey, let me, let me assemble, you know, in the case of divorce, let me kind of take a look at things and start to put together some financial statements for, for you. You're going to need that with your family law attorney anyways. That's just an example of, of how you could add value. Anything to put a little bit of order around this situation is going to pay huge dividends for them. It frees up some headspace. And I would say in doing that, though, when you're thinking about where you could add value, don't do it all for them. Because this is a tremendous opportunity for them to build confidence, to feel empowered around their money. In many cases, this is the first time they're, they're going to be at the helm of their financial life. And it takes baby steps for them to, to work some muscles, to feel like they're equipped to handle it as they begin to think about the opportunities that are out there for them in their, their next chapter. That confidence that you're working to help them build, them feeling empowered that they got this is going to pay, be enormously valuable, again, so that they can see hope and opportunities in the life that is right around the corner for them. Well, Steph, wow. Very informative. And it's been a real delight to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I really appreciate being here. It's been a lot of fun. If you're an advisor and would like to learn more, just visit northerntrust.com. If you like this podcast, you may also like the other FlexShares podcast called Funds in Focus. Check it out today and you will find it wherever you get your podcasts. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. 
This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.